Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. It's good. It, it's all. It's all happening. It's all happening. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Steve's already laughing every time. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. My name is Joel. I'm Steve. And this is a podcast. It is a podcast. It's a podcast. How are you, man? I, you know, I'm a little frequent. I'm a little. I'm because we sold the chicken coop this afternoon. Oh, uh, that's good. So it is, get- it, it is good. We got a good price for it. The people were very nice and it's going to a good home for the right purpose. And um, yeah, but you know, and then I go out and there's just, the, there's no chickens. The absence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pouring out some of my Kirkland sparkling water for my dead chicken homies. Oh man. Yeah, I know. But other than that, things are good. You know, I've got a sick dog right now. Mm. Sick, sick puppy. She is has she a, okay? She is the most lethargic puppy you will ever see right now. Mm-hmm. Where that's usually not the case, right? <laughs> she has some sort of obstruction in her bowels and in her intestine, and yep, it's not it's not great. She's eating special food and lying around. We took a walk around the block, and she just sort of sauntered through that. So hopefully, she passes whatever's in there, and all is well. Well, yeah, I hope that that you know, resolves itself is how I'll phrase that. Yeah. But it's weird to have an energetic puppy that goes crazy at any moment to all of a sudden she's a loaf. It's very right. And I said to Kirsten, I was like, I was like, Maven, if you ever questioned, questioned if we love you, loved you, then now, you know, and she's like, and if we ever questioned if we loved her and I'm like, (laughs) we're just like doting on her every move today. So you guys are good dog parents. We're trying, man. It's a it's a whole new world. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm proud of you. I know it's a major lifestyle change. Yeah, it's hard, but mm-hmm. it's also fulfilling, I think, except when this happens. Right. Um, so that's I don't know, that's housekeeping. You can follow us on Instagram. Yep. You can at trying to be better podcast. You can mm-hmm. email the show at ttbbpodcast at gmail.com. God, you're getting great at that, man. I didn't even warm up today. And are we going to do the, are we going to put this on YouTube again? Uh, yeah. So that's a thing that I did last week. I think that was last week is I yeah. put, I started a YouTube channel and by, yeah. I mean, our, you know, media department and publishing arm. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to figure out how to do that just because some of, some of our peers do that. And I thought, well, I want to, I want to do that. You got to keep up with the Joneses. That's what I'm saying. Plus, you know, the Lambo money, man, is, we've yeah, got we, to expand our reach a little bit. Yeah, dude. So, I yeah, we do also have a YouTube channel. It's just, uh, what the hell is it? I think it's TTBB Podcast. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. that's a thing that I did and that's happening. So, that's kind of so exciting. I feel we like, can have further reach. More ears can consume our words. That's right. Uh, I, plus, I, I understand all the kids are into the YouTube, like uh. with, the, with the Mr. Beasts. Oh, okay. And the, yeah. and, the uh, and the uh dude perfects and all that. Yeah. Oh our our oh. guest, we have a guest. Our guest is she's down with the TTBB YouTube. All right, should we introduce the guest? Yeah, take uh, it away. See, so we okay. have a special guest today. We and do. And thank goodness 
she's here because we haven't had a guest in a minute and it's nice to have, you know, we're, so we're going to try to be in our best else. behavior today. <laughs> we are. So take it away, Steve. But I feel like it's this, only appropriate that you introduce this her. person has known me almost all of my entire life. Almost. Wow. Uh, it's my, it's my sister. <laughs> my, my, who is, who is a devoted trying to be better podcast listener and just a generally all around swell individual. Um, so uh, everybody give a big TTB round of applause and welcome to Libby Brown. Hi, Libby. Hello, folks. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be on the show because I think I'm probably one of the few listeners who has listened to every single TTBB podcast. I, oh, my I, God. I think you can get help for that. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, have you. <laughs> well, thank you for being such a devoted listener, <laughs> even though, you know, you I have probably... notes. Well, oh my God! Oh, there goes show the episode notes. right there. There goes the episode show right notes. There. <laughs> I mean, oh, good night, no, everybody. I, no, I I love listening. Like it's been a fun show. I told Steve like he was just out here last month, and uh-huh. like it, you guys are like my go run errands listening. So I'll be like driving from the grocery store and 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 uh, talking with you guys while I'm in the car and <laughs> yeah. So that's nice. <laughs> that brings oh, me hug such- just appeared. Yep. Such joy to think about. I mean, I you know, you're a family member and you could easily tune your brother out if you wanted to, right? But the fact that you're you're willingly tuning in to he and I yammer on, you know, week after week. To, I love it. I do that same thing too though, Libby. Like I need I need a podcast. I had to put a podcast on today to mow the yard. I'm like, I gotta mm-hmm. have something to kind of occupy my brain. So it's an honor that we are your errand running voices okay i do have to say um joel i'm gonna point out that like a year ago you had a podcast titled dogs are codependent <laughs> so i would like to amend that I love, Libby, I love... this... that's true that's i hilarious. love that you are now a dog parent and maven looks adorable i'm sorry she's feeling poorly she is adorable and um yeah. uh uh newsflash <laughs> i'm the one that's codependent let's all let's <laughs> make that very clear she is she is very independent, and I am the one that is very codependent at this point. Yeah. It's bad. We moved it's... on to cats. We we got we we ditched the dogs. My husband and I are were raised with different dog uh, ethos. My, yeah. in, in our family, dogs were you know family members, and they sat on the couch and they ate first. And and in his family, they were outdoor pets, and so uh... we can't reconcile those two. But cats. So, yeah. Cats are great because they kind of just tolerate you. And our and cats are pretty social. They're dogs. Cats are pretty, like, they're pretty yeah. friendly. I met them. They're pretty friendly. They like to see what's going on. They like to be a part of. They talk to you. They play fetch. I mean, you know. Are they cuddly? So, they are, actually. Oh, In fact, cool. every night after I put kids to bed, they like come and like, if as soon as I sit on the couch, they're like, fuck. And there they are. So, oh. yeah, I'll take What it, are your cats' but... names? I have Bubba and Mika, and they are brother and sister. Oh, the first the, the, letter. Yes. So oh, nice. they're entertaining. They tolerate, you know, us putting, we just put, got harnesses for them and like we're taking them for walks outside. Oh my gosh. How <laughs> yes. do they do on the harness? Do they do okay? Do they? They, they for a while just like laid down and like refused to go anywhere. But, you know, now they've learned that with the harness, they get to go wander and explore. So, yeah. Joys of cat ownership. There's this TikTok account I follow that that puts a a a camera on the collar of the cat, and you get to watch it run around and meet neighbor cats and chase squirrels, and it's the coolest thing ever. 
Yeah. I did want to ask you guys, since, you know, you've now expanded, you know, I follow you on Insta. I don't write on Insta, but I follow on Insta. Um, are you expanding into threads? Oh, no, we, don't even, we don't even, we don't have a Twitter. We don't have a Facebook. We don't have a TikTok. But here's the thing. I started a threads. My personal account started a threads. Yeah. I should figure out if the, if the, uh, if the TTBB Instagram can actually get on threads because it's through Instagram. Right. But shouldn't yeah, it just you... be as simple as like opening it as the TTBB people? And, you know, all of a sudden you've got yeah, your get our social media team on that, would you? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have to pound the table in the social media uh, pool and just, right. you know, get those, get those folks cracking on it. You got also got to work on the merch. Um, you know, you got to go to five, go to Fiverr and get someone to come up with a logo for you, and then Cafe Press, and voila, you've got stickers and mugs and shirts. Whoa! I mean, you Would know. you like to be our <laughs> merchandiser? It sounds like <laughs> sounds like you know, it's like it's like that old thing. It's like if you point out the problem, you're the one to do it. Right? That's right. If you give if me you license, volunteers? if you give me license to create the TTBB um, official logo, you know, well, that's we'll the sort of done. anarchy we're into, Libby. That's right. Okay, our you past just guests, show up. You just show up and say, this is your logo. And we'll probably yeah. go, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I can't tell you how long for how long I have wanted uh like hashtag toot your hooter, like um uh, cartoon chicken sticker, right? Like who doesn't oh want god. that? Oh my god. See, this is why we had you on. You're amazing. You're hired. <laughs> Welcome to the team. That's right. And then and then Joel, you can just give them out to all your students and they can put them on their laptops at the start of the you know, the, like the only issue with that is then they start gorilla marketing. Yeah. If they I I'll take the listenership, but then if I know my students are listening, it's a whole other deal. And I think mm -hmm. actually a couple of them may I, have, and then they're like, nah, I don't want to listen to this. I anymore. have a couple of coworkers that probably listen, but don't tell me they listen. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check in on Steve. Yeah. Lurking is yeah, yeah, lurking. I didn't realize that was a I'm thing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Yeah. Because I don't talk about it at work at all. But I'm pretty sure a couple people have figured it out. Toot your hooter. That's right. Laptop stickers. You know. I like the whole I, I think the, chicken thing. That's a, a chicken great idea. A pug. Well, those are. We both need. We need to do it. We've talked about it too long, and you're an avid listener, a devoted yeah. follower. <laughs> of the Corgon empire. And we appreciate you. Uh, I got to make yeah. it out to, wasn't it like Hickman? Was it near Hickman? Was that near yes. the lake? Just, just, just yeah. south yeah. of Hickman. Yeah. Just south of Hickman. So there, Steve, a, do you remember that mom used to take us to Hickman Lake in the summers when we were kids? That's not a coincidence. That's the way it was designed. Yeah. That's oh, the calling. That's there's an, there's an, a magnetic draw a, we said we weren't going to get into it but it's a there's a magnetic pole there's a reason why your energies are in tune with that it's all part of the master plan have we, not, Libby, have we not talked about mom and the corgons <laughs> if nobody knows what we're talking about go back to the corgon episode it's images with a sonic cup it'll yeah. you'll be pleasantly surprised oh, 44 ounces yeah. to freedom baby um, I was okay, so I was actually washing dishes while I was listening to the episode. I almost like dropped a mug and broke it. Like I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm glad you found it funny because right. I was like, if anybody's gonna quit listening, it's this one. <laughs> it's this My one. My kids were upstairs. They came down. And we're like, what? Are you okay? <laughs> well, Jack almost quit us over that one. Yeah, he Jack almost quit, but he can't quit us. <laughs> he can't yeah. quit us. 
Yeah. Well, you guys have had some other good guests. I was just like going back through your list, like Eduardo and Jack, like come to mm-hmm. mind. Um, yeah. Obviously, Our... Brian Greaseback and Brian Scott. Yes. Because I know those guys. But um, right. your friend Joel Ann Yadko, like yeah. her mm-hmm. interview was great. Yeah. And then, great. like, like uh, I started listening to Ferocious Jungle Cat because, yeah. So, you know, their Spotify numbers have bumped up a little bit. Yeah. Aren't they so, fantastic? So, They're yeah. just. We'd like- We'd like to take credit for Frosis Jungle Cat's uh, ascent in Spotify world. Yeah. It was really. the publicity gained by this podcast that really yeah. kind of shot them into the stratosphere. For sure. And I also started occasionally listening to Mary Stankiewicz. Stankiewicz. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love Mary. She, I listen to her podcast every week. She's yeah, great. she's fantastic. And she she makes she makes, you know, what can be sometimes complicated Buddhist Dharma you know, ideas, very accessible. That's what I love about Mary. Mm-hmm. And real, because she cops to and her real. own yeah. uh, foibles. So for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, that's well, cool. I'm, so, glad, I'm glad that we're, you know, introducing you to all this whole other world. That's really great. So your whole experience, you know, experiment of trying to be better has like rubbed off, at least on one other person, <laughs> right? Well, it's wonderful. We did it. We well, did I was going to say, speaking of exposing foibles, maybe we'll talk about you a little bit. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Not that you have foibles. I'm just saying. I don't. He, yeah, he's really, known me all my life. Joel. I had that. I is true. Well, that, actually, that's not entirely true because there was like a, there was a span in there where we weren't really uh, talking. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, on the same yeah. in the same. But that, side that, of that the was continent. like pre-email, pre-cell phone. Yeah, that's there's know, some truth yeah. to that. True. Yeah, well, and the fact that I was kind of mm-hmm. indisposed, and you actually had right. a life, so there's that. Did I? Yeah. Maybe. Yes, you did. Um, I, th- I would, do- from an outsider perspective, I would say that you've had a very cool life. You've gotten to do some really neat. Not gotten to do. You've done some cool things. It's not your- been. It's not been so bad. Yeah, I. I it's think been I'm okay. Yeah. Lucky. Well, let's. Yeah. So let's go. So we both were born in Lincoln. No, we were born in Iowa City, Iowa. Moved to Lincoln when we were teeny tiny. Um, moved away from Lincoln when we were a little bit older high school, junior high, you got to experience the joy that was Enterprise Alabama. I missed that because I, I was in Missouri at military school. And then... Sure if you got the worst end of the deal on that one. Probably <laughs> you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Me and Alabama. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that would end Enterprise well. Alabama, where all the seventh graders in the city came to one big school, and that one big school used to be the black high school. Mm-hmm. So... We had like phenomenal like facilities because it was used to be a high school, but it was really weird to come from Lily White, Nebraska to deep South Alabama and have 16 year olds dropping out of seventh grade because they were pregnant. Like it was just different life and culture. Yeah. So I can't imagine. How far apart in age are you guys? That's a good question. Three and a half years. Yeah. You were born in 75, right? Four. End of 74. Close enough. Ooh, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you don't know when your sister was born, dude. Come hey, on. look here. Can we just save the judgment for later? Bro. <laughs> so uh right. maybe t- tell me about like the formation of who you are. Like what what makes Libby tick? What was what's the origin uh. story? Like what were you into as a kid that led you to the fantastic career you've had? And I can't uh. wait to talk a little bit more about that. I mean, oh man, Joel. Um, I will say when we moved from Alabama to Virginia, we swung through North Carolina to take a look at Duke University because mom had like had this 
fascination with providing Steve and I with gifted and talented resources and Duke had this program. And anyway, so we swung through there and I was like, that's kind of cool. Fast forward to 1991 and I'm thinking about, oh, where do I want to go to college? And oh, look at Duke University and oh, hey, look, they like won basketball tournaments. And so like when we moved to Northern Virginia, which was Steve kind of moved with us, you were there for what, two years with us? Four. Four? Well, was it that I was long? There four, but not really with you the last three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, uh -huh. I had the opportunity to go to a pretty cool high school called uh, Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. Oh, wow. Had no idea like what it was going to be, but um, currently it's like the number two high school in the country. Um, when I went, it was still relatively a new thing, but it kind of like inadvertently opened a bunch of doors to me. Like I rode on the crew team because my freshman year geometry teacher was starting a team and I became an all-met rower. Uh, I got into Duke and had a lovely four years of Duke University after that, which was super cool because it was at the time of like Coach K and we were yeah. winning championships. And um, I started off in engineering because I went to the science and tech high school and you're supposed to do science and techie things from there. And uh, turns out I hated engineering. I was the only <laughs> girl in a few of my classes and that really stunk. Um, so I found my way to be a public policy major. Hmm. And you might go, what is public policy? And if you think of like what political science is, like how governments are structured and how they run public policies, like what governments do hmm. and how the creation of policies impact. It's kind of like tied with social studies and economics and statistics and I really liked it was problem solving, but with words and not numbers. Right. So, yeah. What um, What was the? Can I back up a second? Yeah. Was what was the um, impetus to get into that high school? Was it Was it like an admissions thing? Was it grades? Was it just something that it was starting up, or you were just kind of fell into it? Um, I hated my eighth grade year. Like it was just not a great. Middle you did that girl Virginia, experience. right? You did yeah. that in Virginia, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I could have either gone to West Springfield High School where Steve went and like follow my eighth grade classmates or there was this other school and I applied to it and I got in and my dad didn't want me to go because he's like, oh, science and tech, blah. Um, <laughs> that you won't enjoy weird it from dad. Um, but we went and we checked guy. it out. I know. So you just yeah, skipped but... right over that comment. We're moving <laughs> on. <laughs> I honestly, I think dad uh, may have little bit of unconscious sexism that you know i as a female would not like science and technology ah fair enough okay but we went and you know like turns out hey the art department of that high school was pretty fantastic too and so yeah and he talked to a couple parents that he turned out he worked with um that helps so, yeah mm-hmm so then, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I just, it was just one of those things I totally lucked into it, but it ended up being like this really incredible opportunity. Yeah. That's and real. So, talk to us a little bit about Duke University. I mean, you, you mentioned that it was a really formative time. Like, what about it? Like, it, you know, it's a prestigious school and there was a lot of cool, obviously sports things happening, but what about, what about your time at Duke that was really formative and interesting or any anecdotal things? I mean... Um, from where I went to high school, like over a hundred kids went to university of Virginia, about 75 went to Virginia tech and I could have gone there and I could have done well. And I could have like stayed with my high school buddies, um, or I could go to Duke and like, instead of being with people from Northern Virginia or Richmond or all these places, 
you know, in the state. On my freshman hall, I had people from London and Washington and Alaska and Greece and mm. Germany. And, you know, like it was just a much broader set of people. And those people like are still my lifelong friends. Yeah. So it was as much about just the opportunity to, to like open my eyes and learn more about the world from everyone around me. Mm. And that was like, I probably wasted a lot of opportunities because I also was in a sorority and spent a fair amount of time partying my way through Duke. Um, <laughs> That's not a waste. <laughs> um, academically, I did not, you know, take full advantage. Uh, nearly filled out my junior year, you know. Um, nice. Yeah. I did too. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I breezed through a four-year um, degree in six and a half years. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> takes a lot of people nine years to graduate college <laughs> oh, doctor um, <laughs> so no it was um I was just thinking um you'll appreciate this Joel my freshman year um in the fall there was a concert on one of the quads um and it was this relatively unknown band out of UVA called Dave Matthews band oh wow <laughs> just <laughs> so a little like you know just a little like pre-album coming out you know yeah. like there were maybe 20 people when they started playing wow. I had a couple of friends who had told me about it but like I was like literally standing under Dave's microphone for like the entire show it was awesome so yeah I've been a Dave Matthews fan since then that's did you see the, his recent guest appearance in in Boulder with Dead and Company Yes, and in fact, thank you for mentioning the re-listen app because I oh, yeah. use that to go and yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Today's Steve's... episode brought to you by re-listen. Uh, we love <laughs> that app, and we'd love to endorse that app. Steve's uh, Steve's old uh, friends from Lake Tahoe also came out and did a cool concert at Duke oh, yeah. one year. Yeah, Cosmic what were they Freeway. called? Cosmic Freeway and Fletch. Mm -hmm. So, Fletch. Yeah, that was fun. Fletch's uh, shout out to Mr. Fletch. He's doing well. So, I'm yeah, with him he was still super stoked good... that Steve's little sister came to cheer him on. <laughs> Fletch is just generally stoked in general. He's just kind of that guy. But yeah. And I cool. also I also happen to be dating the uh, the guy who provided all the alcohol for, for the fraternity that like was hosting them. So, you know, he appreciated that as well. That's how you get. That's how you uh, end right. up partying more than studying, right? If you're if you're in that in into that that level mm -hmm. of of the necessity of the party, you definitely uh, get distracted for sure. Okay, well, side tangent though. So that that former boyfriend of mine, we're still good friends, um, but it's probably a good thing that we split up because like he had his wedding in dallas and the george w bush family hosted their sunday reception like okay. yeah just a very different realm and sphere and yeah anyway random little wow. tangent interesting <laughs> yeah it sounds like uh you meet different people when you yeah it you sounds know. like you dodged a bullet there libby <laughs> <sighs> good for you uh no he's he's a perfectly fine gentleman and so is his wife but Different. Different. Um, but different. yeah. So after Duke, I went back to DC and worked in news organization there. So that was fun. Con like I always liked that. Congressional mm -hmm. quarterly magazine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Although I worked on their award winning website. So oh, wow. And that was, was like in the 98, early 98, 99. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, like I actually knew how to run a Linux server and build a front end web service and back in 99, 2000, um, Y2K was like prominent in my tech career. If you can believe that. That's when you were living in Arlington in that apartment. Mm -hmm. And then you just go across the river to your office. Yeah. See, that's so cool for like almost two years straight. It was great. Yeah. That's awesome. See, that's cool stuff. That's mm-hmm. way cool. Mm-hmm. What sort of what sort of stuff they were just writing about congressional? Um, I was mostly involved with our legislative side of the house. So, like, hey, you know, what's in this bill? Where did it mm-hmm. come from? Who's sponsoring it? What's its su- likelihood of success? What other bills were incorporated into it? But more than that was like the technical infrastructure to track all of it. So, if you were a lobbyist and you want to know about the defense authorization bill you're going to go and you're going to type HR 12 and you're going to see all of these co-sponsors and it's sitting in this committee and these were the amendments. Then, and, and then you'll find it sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, defense tends to go through, but that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. That um, always goes through that. They always seem to find funding for that. So it's build a- tracking and, and stuff was one of those early things that, Hey, it turns out that people will actually pay for and no one else was doing it. So we actually were like a profitable web service. Oh, because Pre- people, because lobbyists and folks kind of wanted to know an yeah. updated timeline of how things were moving. Yeah. And like this was even before, Cong- like now you can go to Congress and Library of Congress, thomas.lsc.gov, and like find out some of that information pretty quickly. But at the time, it just didn't exist. And I had a staff of, you know, uh, keyboard jockeys who were manually typing in all that stuff from the copies of the congressional record for a while. So, oh. yeah. Um, but like that was like I was doing the outline of what I was doing for Microsoft even 20 years ago, which is like, all right, there's this web page and people need to do something with that. And what buttons do they need to click and how's it going to flow and what actions are they taking? And okay, now I need to go build it. And Hey, it turns out that that's applicable to just about any major tech company anymore. So yeah. Was that the thing that kind of opened the floodgates for you the rest of your career then being able to do that then and know what you knew? Kind of like I detoured to get my MBA from Vanderbilt, like luckily right before the tech industry crashed in 2001. Hmm. Um, So I I was sitting in grad school at the time. I don't remember the 2001 tech crash. Big dot com boom bust at that Mm -hmm. time. Like that was when people were talking about Web 2.0. Um, you know e-commerce was a thing and uh, (laughs) we could maybe sell something right like this is when amazon was still selling books um (laughs) and not not uh, running the world yeah pretty much and so like out of uh out of business school i happened to like get a interview at microsoft and i would say i kind of lucked my way in because like one of my interviewers was also a fellow Vanderbilt grad. So he and I had just like a shoot the shit. Um, And then another person, we just hit it off and kind of talked about tech and interest and passion. And then the third person uh, was Microsoft had a publishing arm, Microsoft Press. And uh, so he and I were talking about like XML and content reuse and how to move like print content into digital format which is what i had been doing pre-business school Mm. and so yeah 
Like I passed all of my, you know, what should be like really grueling technical interviews with just like really casual conversations. Ah. And then like um, 17 years later, I still am working at Microsoft minus a couple of years out and coming back in. So yeah. Were you, were you working through grad school? Were you, or were you, was that no, pretty I, impossible to do? Um, I chose to just like stop working and took out some loans and then went back and nice. was a student full time. Yeah. It was the right call. So, yeah. yeah. So how was, what was it? So when did you start working at Microsoft then? 2003. Okay. So yeah, I started out with Microsoft press and doing <clears throat> some marketing stuff, which wasn't so great. Um, but then I left and came back to work on a little product called office small for small business, which then became office 365, which is now like a $20 billion business, you know? So um, I've had the opportunity to work on the office side of the house, on the window side of the house, on commerce. And last I was working in identity. So if you ever logged into an Xbox game or your um, work account or your Hotmail account, you were going through the stuff that my team was working on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I struggled with hot, getting back into my Hotmail account several times. So thank you for making that somewhat easy. <laughs> um yeah no good because you don't want it to be too easy or the bad guys get in. that's so. true that's true yeah Although that's you a good, want it that's to be a... easy enough that my idiot ass can get back into my account after he's logged himself out so you're well, not cool. actually the person that i envision i more think about like can my mom do it but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah that's true hi mom hi mom <laughs> hi mom i'm sure your mom is listening <laughs> to this oh yeah probably yeah um so that's kind of a nice little segue to things like multi-factor authentication and yeah see I, I i plug that to steve of like yeah my uh my job at microsoft most recently was trying to get people better ways to be more secure mm. um but the first thing and the thing that i would just please to all of your dozens of listeners dozens um dozens. Dozens. turn on turn on multi-factor authentication for all your accounts and if you can't do it for all your accounts at least do it for your gmail and outlook and all your you know any email account that you use as a recovery to something else protect that um because the attacks are real and they're getting worse like i sat at microsoft and we saw like billions of phishing attacks on a daily basis like we're talking like orders of magnitude per second bad people trying to hack your account and you can only do so much from the service side. You know, we need users to have strong passwords, turn on MFA, um, do the things. So my understanding of what you were doing is around the concept of um, security and convenience rarely go hand in hand. So the idea is to kind of find a, a good middle point that is usable for most people, but also secure-ish for most people. Right. Um, like, so I generally worked with our corporate customers, like the big enterprises, um, and you know, where, a, a breached account was likely and could be very costly. Mm -hmm. Um, and our, our, why take was costly, like, look, costly um, in what areas? So do you know how in 2016, uh, there were some emails leaked from the Democratic National Party. Vaguely aware of that, yes. Uh, may I, have I, heard, I heard something about that, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. Were they? Yeah, it, that, that, was that a big deal? Were they her emails? 
Um, no, they were from someone else in the yeah, DNC. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's just one example of costly, you know. From where I'm sitting and what I do, um, it would be things like A, potentially opening up to lawsuits, um, downtime, unable to provide services, and then uh, and then the uh, the loss of reputation cost. How much are mm. HIPAA violations? Not cheap. Oh, I can't imagine. But that's here's a funny story. There's a, a health system in Pennsylvania, Lehigh Valley. Here was their situation a few months ago. It's actually the course over the last year. This is a true story. You want to know how bad it is, at least in healthcare. So they got cryptoed. They got ransomware attacked. The FBI says don't pay the ransom people because it only encourages them. So they said we're not paying the ransom and they recovered. It took a little while, but they got there. They got recovered without paying the ransom. Fine. Great. Wonderful. One of the things that got breached or one of the pieces of data that got siphoned off during this was um, uh, images of cancer patients and their uh, diagnoses and their reconstruction. And so think like breast cancer. And and those images got leaked to the proverbial dark web because oh they didn't Lord. pay the ransom. So so as if that weren't bad enough. OK, just think of the the epic shitstorm that that is. There is now a class action lawsuit from those victims against the healthcare facility because they did not pay the ransom. They did not do everything they could to protect. Oof. So just to give you an idea of what it's like out there, this is way different than like in the whatever late 90s when the bad guys had turned all of your pictures into a picture of Mickey Mouse or something. Right. Like it's really, really ugly. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it makes the poor people of Lancaster, Pennsylvania feel any better, the United Kingdom's National Health Service also got crypto ransomware earlier you know, in the last sure, summer. I'm so, sure that yeah. makes them just really yeah. happy. <laughs> but I mean, well, just, there, there like, was from, a from a health. So, Steve, again, I'm I'm gonna say, like, I hope you found it in your uh, FY24 budget to. to we're to working on it. Yeah. yeah, we're working on it. I I yeah. uh, I just read some i'm going to be vague i just read something recently where a uh, a huge sort of company that uh keeps track or has access to um student transcripts was hacked and i read a very urgent plead to i'm trying to be vague because i don't want to whatever but yeah yeah i mean it, it affects every industry oh, yeah. every mm -hmm. you know so, so yeah, what yeah. I'm hearing is that if you if you, all of your other accounts point back to your Gmail account for your recovery, you might want to secure that Gmail account. But it's so the two factor is so it's so, so inconvenient, Steve. Yeah, well, you know what's really inconvenient is getting your bank account hacked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. I have. I have. Okay. I'll do it. And 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 wait, Joel, are you an Android phone user or an iPhone user? I am an iPhone user. Okay, because you know, if someone say got a hold of your iCloud account, they could set up a new phone with your iCloud account and download all of your apps and restore from backup all of oh your God. things. Yikes! So yeah, that and by the way, that is 
the new front is not just I've got your password. It's I've got your password and it's on a trusted device. And so now right. I can pretend I am you and get access to everything you had in that ecosystem. Right. Because like when you get a new phone, so, it basically turns the new phone into your old phone instantly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So my little only fans career would be really jeopardized is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I heard you were pulling there, in the big box there. There are dozens of them. Dozens. I'm trying, man. I got to get really weird with a lot of props and weird music and costumes. Is, is this is this where I make the the dog jokes? <laughs> no, this is not. <laughs> that's, no, nope. Steve. That's later. I'm doing the, I'm doing the throat song, slash. No, okay, moving right. on. So you worked at Microsoft doing authentication <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was yeah. So yeah, and uh until this spring when I, you know, uh along with ten thousand other Microsoft employees got the so long farewell. You know, your, I'm just gonna say for the your, record uh, I'm gonna state for the record that's crap. I thought so. Yeah, so, but yeah. walk us through that day, if you don't mind. <laughs> I am very I've never I mean I've read about it and I I watched and heard about people going through this, but I've never actually talked to somebody and you had years of experience and built things that made everybody's lives more secure. And then how does that, did you have any warning that that was going to go down other than other places doing that? You know, like Microsoft said in January of this year that they were going to be laying off roughly 10,000 people in the next quarter. In my division, which was called security and identity, um, didn't do anything until March. And then like Business Insider one on a Friday afternoon was like, we have rumors that, you know, Microsoft security is going to be laying off on Monday. And I kind of said to Jeremy, oh, I don't feel good about this. Hmm. He's like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like you're great like you go on youtube and there's libby brown videos of like why you should go passwordless and be more secure and you know you're talking at industry conferences and you'll be fine i'm like i just i don't i don't feel good about it and then on monday morning at seven in the morning i got the microsoft outlook calendar invite that says business updates and i just knew like it was a 10 o'clock meeting there were like 14 other people on it plus my vice president and i just showed it to jeremy and i was like he's like oh, boy Sorry, hon. So, so what is, yeah, no, it didn't feel good, but like I got, I had two weeks on the corporate network to like download everything that, you know, like my, my reviews and, yeah. you know, not like I'm stealing corporate secrets. That's a big no, no. Um, and then got paid for two more months and got a decent severance, which is nice. You know, you work for a company for 17 years. They treated me okay. So yeah, I'm in my summer of a fun employment. Good what I'm for you. It. I was. was I, it? It's it, to me. It's the it's the summer of George, for Libby. <laughs> summer of George. <laughs> Fun no, it's been yeah. I like you know like I spent a couple months like diving into volunteer work with my kids PTO and like mm. um, did some fundraising there. And my daughter said, you know, hey, it's been really nice having you around. You smile mm. a lot more. Mm. That's really nice. That's what, really what more could you want? Right. Like, to that's... have a job where I can both be around with my kids and smile a lot more. And yeah. Still, yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what, what's, what's next? I mean, I, 
I forgive me for my assumption, yeah. Libby. I don't want to assume, but I would assume it would be hard to to invest that amount of time. And I, you know, just because I'm a tenured professor doesn't mean squat much anymore. So it's like to have that security and you work in security, which is interesting. What's is there a desire to do more of that? Is there something else you're going to do in this chapter? Like what's next for you? I don't do know, you know what I want to be when I grow up, Joel. Like, that's right. That's of, what like, I want to the... what do you be when you grow up. <laughs> I mean, like, I have just always kind of, I don't want to say lucked my way into roles, but, you know, because I do believe like luck favors the prepared. But yeah. I mean, I have just kind of found my way into some really cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where to go looking for the next cool thing mm-hmm. just yet. Mm-hmm. Like, do mm-hmm. I go back into journalism because I really love that and I feel very strongly about the importance of you know public media and and you know a strong fourth estate fifth estate um but like corporate journalism right now is a crap show so what does that look like I don't know and oh by the way there's no money in that whatsoever tech pays well and that you know it's kind of a nice little drug that's hard to give up um do I go work for you know, an Apple, Microsoft, you know, an Apple, Amazon, Google. I don't know. doesn't really excite me, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, take my tech to a different industry, right? Like uh, um, I have a friend who is, she was doing all sorts of finance and and fundraising for large organizations and now she is like the head of uh fundraising for the yoga alliance right like so maybe i can take my skills to some totally non-traditional space and and put them to good use there i mean i would imagine that every industry needs your expertise in a lot of ways right because everybody is trying to improve even those smaller you know non-profit world would need somebody that would have your breadth of experience, you know, because they're all trying to have a more tech forward presence in the world. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of like there, like when I got laid off, you know, um, I had a lot of people come say, you know, Hey, reach out when you're ready to start looking. And they were from, you know, companies that I'd worked with in the past or, you know, other classmates from a long time ago or whatever. Um, It's just really kind of a question of what, where am I going to find my next passion? And, Mm. you know, that's, I'm struggling to define that right now. So I I have some ideas, but it's like, you know, I wake up in the morning and I have my morning coffee and I'm like, what industry do I want to research now? Mm. (laughs) Like AI is super cool. Like I love playing around with what's coming there. The kids are all into the AI these days. And it's, I guess for, as a, from a, uh, an actor standpoint, there's a lot of negativity around AI, especially with the writer's <laughs> strike and now the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA striking in solidarity yeah. with the Writers Guild. Like that's it's like this this thing. Is that there, are, be... are we are we gonna have our Reagan firing the flight controllers moment? Oh shit. <laughs> he just fires all of them. Well, I mean, so like, okay, bring back my public policy standpoint. Like, we need some serious minds thinking about how do we regulate these new technologies and Europe is way ahead on that yeah. so you know I'd say look to the Electronic Frontier Foundation and yes. what's coming out of Europe to to you know hey what's reasonable 
now our current United States Congress is a shit show and we'll never see right. anything reasonable, but maybe we can get an administrative, you know, fiat that makes it a little more palatable for the time being. But yeah. have you guys watched the uh, Black Mirror episode? Joan is awful. No. I... Okay. Well, you, when you hang up from this, you need to go watch Joan is awful because it is exactly this topic. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated just... by it because like, like, you know, I had I had students work with AI to write a play, and they ended up abandoning that idea, but it inspired them to write their own sort of organic thing, which was kind of cool. But I am fascinated by like I think it was the guy that worked at Google's AI, like got Wayne Lemoyne. Yeah, he got canned because essentially he was working with this AI, and this AI kind of decided to be almost self be, to become a a, a human and uh, yeah, and it, like lawyer, like per, like hired a lawyer for it. Yeah, it hired its own lawyer. <laughs> so I okay, mean, but not... like so, like like, but let me tell you, like where it comes into like to good, right? Like my my larger team at Microsoft was trying to help organizations that were under attack through the identity system, right? Like they're seeing phishing attacks, they're seeing you know just brute force password spray attacks. And we just hammering. And then like, there's another team that goes, okay, the bad guy got in. What are they doing? How did they get there? Where are they going inside an organization? Right? Like, did they get domain access? Can they, you know, delete all of your data? Mm. If you could have AI, like go through all of your logs and say, oh, this, you know, seems this to be is, coming from an unusual location. This is, and this oh, this an person now has access and has, you know, is doing unusual things on a device that we've never seen before and can instantly faster than any human could even mm -hmm. think about doing it. Say, hey, you're under attack. You've been breached. And here's how you remediate it and remediate it for you all mm. because it has the data to know that something's wrong. Like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think so that's powerful. That, that's how the wars start. <laughs> well right because the bad guys are also using ai Same to thing. like you yep. know do all of those things that i just mentioned but you know mm -hmm. in reverse i right. i think about i think about the possibilities too with ai and the, our health care system and like curing diseases and uh taking like you know to put it in a, a more technological hand to try to solve some of those problems and work some of those solutions out I think there's a lot of interesting possibility there. We're already using that, we're using AI dictation at, at where I work as of a couple of weeks work? ago. It's amazing. Um, uh, it is. It's uh, and I, I like I'm not. I don't get super excited or think, wow, that was amazing much anymore. But uh, this is it's a nuanced product that integrates with our EMR, and so the uh, physician walks into the uh, patient encounter. And has a phone with the little microphone thing on it. And they hit, do you mind if we record this for record? And the patient says, no, it's fine. So they sit and they sit and they talk about, hey, so how was your vacation? Kids, good. Yep. What brings you in today? Um, well, my thing is hurting. Yeah, that's been happening for a little while. Are you still taking your medications? Yeah. You exercising? Well, not as much as I could be. Okay, well, maybe let's. Tell you what we're going to do is we're going to run you to the lab. We're going to run some tests just to make sure that your levels, your hemoglobin, whatever is fine. And maybe we'll up your med a little bit and, um, and then we'll see if her checkup in a month. Right. And the patient says, yeah, and it's okay. We'll tell Marge who said hi and, you know, we'll see you in a month. Great. And the patient leaves. 
doctor goes back to their office. By the time they get back to their office, that entire encounter is already dictated and cataloged in the EMR and the lab orders are in. Wow. And yeah. And the, and the appointments getting scheduled. Wow. And it's amazing. I've sat in a couple of demos and I was a patient once and I, you know, we did that whole encounter. And when we went to the EMR and looked at the encounter, it was almost perfect. Hmm. It was amazing. Hmm. Like I, I was like, well, that's amazing. And what's so that, what's that? Like any advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. <laughs> Kind of, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I went into this because we use, I mean, like I've seen similar things or kind of around, you know, like the dictation, my, you know, like, like a, a text to speech or speech to text and that kind of thing. We all know how well that works. It's okay. Right. This was next level of like my jaw actually hung open for a second. Like that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, that's the thing. Now, because, I would wonder if you had a doctor, say, you know, traveling from the Philippines or another com country, like, would the dictation have picked up? Right. Like, those are so the areas of AI that, like, um, really. But here's here's know. what happens is that we they for like somebody with a with a, a accent that is not traditionally whatever American. <laughs> Midwestern perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, they the they the company spends a couple months doing human um uh, transcription and it kind of mm. feeds the AI and the AI starts to learn your mannerisms and learn your inflections and learn your dialect. Just where I say nuance is owned by Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. You can say that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it is a, it's a nuanced yeah. product DAX and it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And then there's so, the like, other side, the other side of the coin where, you know, big, huge TV and film studios want Ugh. to want to use ai to like write scripts or the most insidious version of this that i think kind of prompted the the actors guild to kind of get on board was so the, like background extra work um they wanted a clause in there that if they hired extras they would be able to capture their image mm -hmm. on one and day use of shooting. It in perpetuity mm -hmm. in you perpetuity. need you guys need to watch joan is awful like tonight because it's all right when you when, when you right. do, you'll be like Oh, that's why Steve wanted us to watch this. Yeah. Uh, I, I got no, off the Black like, Mirror train and like, I think it was right before on, COVID. Right before COVID, it. I'm like, the world is too scary. I don't, don't need to subject need, myself you don't to even, this. And the thing is, Jonah's Awful isn't even really particularly scary. It's just a thought exercise. Gotcha. Now the one after that, Law Henry, is terrifying. So don't watch okay. that. But watch okay. Jonah's Awful. Okay. Wait, so I got I to gotta ask Joel while I have, you know, a, Dude, a hold member on, hold of the profession in the field. I need to interject for just a second. Two yeah. words. Salma Hayek. Okay. All right. Come on, Libby. <laughs> um, Libby shrugs. Whatever. It's not my type. What were you going to ask me? What were you going to ask? Let's get back to me. Someone who is supportive of the writers union in SAG after unions, like yeah. holding out for actually getting a slice of the well-deserved pie and sure. you know like let's end this crappy like ai like it terrifies me that you know some unknown actor could have their likeness and their voice used without their say in pick a product or project you know for forever like how do we as the uh public who are in support of that like express that support 
Like I'm hearing people say like, stop your streaming services. Or no, like as a matter of fact, don't stop consuming stuff because that will give the big studios and corporations leverage to say, see, this is dipping. We don't have the money, right? Like definitely, I mean, they have actually, I've, I've read some things where they've said, don't stop streaming, don't stop watching, don't stop buying tickets mm -hmm. to movies because right now it's important that those folks see that the, that the need for the the things they haven't changed or um, the, 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 the need for the way things are is still marketable. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So that it, yeah. it you know, but they're going to do what they're going to do. And they, and then, then the big executives have said horrible things like we'll just let them lose their houses. You know, these, these sort of working actors that are not the, you know, Robert Downey juniors of the world or the Selma Hayek's of the world. We're like, man, let these, these day players just, man, we'll just hold out until they all lose their houses and their kids can't eat. And then what are they going to do? I mean, somebody was actually recorded saying that. So like the disparity there is so intense. I mean, it's, 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 like big time union despair. Oh, yeah. Stuff. yeah. The, I mean, the, well, I mean, as with every industry, the leaders versus the little guys. For sure. You yep. know, the, yep. the, the gaps are just getting wider and wider. So go unions. Go unions. Go unions. It's even becoming a thing in the tech world, right? Like, is, you know, I mean, take Microsoft, for example, you know, the, the senior leadership team is raking in, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars as the tech you know, stock prices go up and as yeah. we're, you know, earning billions in profit and yet they're laying off 10,000 employees, 20, you know, like Google laid off 10 to 15,000, Amazon 10 to 15,000, all because they could, right? Like, right. Yeah. They could make it work. Yeah. So, and, and, and they couldn't sacrifice those salaries. No, I mean, you know, you know the mean, stock price really just was, it was languishing in the 300s. Yeah, <laughs> God forbid. Languishing. languishing. Hey, look, somebody has to think about the shareholders. Yeah, and the yachts and the yeah. yeah. And I guess the the, um, the the eighty. What did I heard this on Marketplace like two days ago? That like eighty eight percent of the United States stocks are held by five percent of the country. Oh my god! Yeah, that tracks. The stock market is not the economy. Yes, those are rich people's feelings. <laughs> Yes. That's what the stock market is. I'm, I, Rich I, people's I'm, feelings. I'm caring less and less about those, actually. Yeah, right? Weirdly. But, you know, it'll trickle down, y'all. It's supposed to trickle down to us. I'm waiting. Right. Where's the trickle? <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I'm... I can't complain. I've done it right. So you have sure. done it right. And and I Same. really love, I mean, this is sort of, this is not a tangent, but I just want to go back to something you said earlier was like, you're not really pushing for the next thing. You're kind of letting it come to you. Like, that's a really, that's a really nice spot to be in. Like, I don't know. I'm just I am, poking around. See what's next. I'm very grateful. Right. I had colleagues who were here on visas that they had to leave the country 60 days after their last day of work. Wow. Right. Like these are people with kids and homes 60 days by. Right. Wow. I'm very grateful that I can. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you could, you could host your brother and his family. Exactly. And, and my house. mom and, twice. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, it was good having you out here, by the way. If I yeah. It was that. very good to be out there and to see you and the fam and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. very nice. I mean, I like it when people who come to the state, like say hi and visit and you know i'm always happy to meet them for a drink shot? or something is this a shot what, what? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Libby, I'm so sorry. Funny. That's I, that I don't. I have, I have no other. I have nothing else to say other than I'm sorry, and that I'm a ding dong. And if <laughs> and if the and if the Pacific Northwest wasn't so damn cool, and I didn't have so much shit to do. No, it looked like you and Kristen had a fabulous vacation out here. So, Dude, yeah. I fell in love. I fell in love particularly with Seattle, which I thought I would I would really love Oregon. I thought that Oregon was going to be sort of the promised land for me, but the Seattle area and oh, I just really love There's that a reason city. I stayed out here, right? Like when I moved I out totally in 2003, it. it's been 20 years. I thought I'd stay 4 years max and then next thing I know, yeah, 20 it's years a- this as of July 1st. Wow. Where do you live exactly in in that area? I live in the uh, northeast exurbs of Seattle, like uh, not quite Proud Boy territory. Uh, okay, white, you know, pride out, outside of Seattle, but getting close. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're like on I, the edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but no, I like it. I was, uh, you know, it was a half an hour commute to just about everywhere from where I live. So yeah. Yeah, I'm and I, my... I have I have I I have forest right outside my office. So I look over there and occasionally I have like a little deer that lives out there and lately there was a fawn. And yeah, it was very cute. That was the thing that Kirsten and I were pretty amazed by. Like we were we drove from Seattle and all around there and then um down to Portland and around and back up and just the sheer like uh I don't know, majesty of the trees that you're constantly surrounded by, you know, being a flatlander from Nebraska, it's, it's a little, it's a little unnerving after a while. You're like, wow. Like I'm just, the presence of that is so impressive and amazing. I mean, I, I love Nebraska's beauty too, but it's definitely very different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Our ocean is our sky. That's right. I like that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I, you know, our ocean is the, the, sky we, we do see. not get the johnny appleseed sunsets out here mostly because there's trees in the way right it gets darker a lot sooner just because the sun hides behind the trees unless it's june in which case you know it doesn't get dark until after 10 30 <laughs> well, right. we're we're kind of bumping up against our you know yeah. prescribed hour joel were you going to ask libby your usual guest question i was going to ask i was going to yeah i have I have I did a little prep for this in my oh mind. Um, I w- I want to know a couple of fun Steve stories that we don't oh we don't know Lord. that I don't oh, know. Man. Oh boy! I want to know or just like God damn it, Joel. Yeah, sorry, man. When you we have might my have to say those on, for like when the when the recording goes off the, the no, Patreon um, account. <laughs> um. You know, I could talk about the time that Steve cornered me in the kitchen with his crutches. Yeah. Because um, I, because we were fighting and I kicked him in his broken foot. And so he came after me, you know. She was in um, the station wagon and I was hitting the station wagon with the crutch. <laughs> I think How old were time, you at this point? Seventh grade. I in, yeah. I was going to say, you know, we were still in Lincoln. So elementary yeah. school for me. Yeah. Um, we would spend every summer at the pool for a couple of years. Yeah. And we would like ride our bikes up in the morning at like eight in the morning and do swim team practice and then just hang out all day. We'd go home for dinner and then go back at night again. Like those were good summers. We just, you know, would ride our bikes around and that was good times. Basically cool feral children. Yeah. Yeah. We were yeah. kind of feral in our in a weird sort of way. Yeah. I mean, occasionally mom would standards. show up. Right. Yeah. But I mean, by today's standards, we were kind of feral. 
Because we oh yeah, we I mean we all had our bike gang, right? Like, do yeah. you remember like bikes and our our weeping willow whips and you know yeah like, oh I forgot about the whips. That's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we used to eat mulberries and like come home just covered like purple feet and yeah, hands. Purple feet, yeah. So growing up in Lincoln, Nebraska on Lonsdale Drive was, you know, kind of an idyllic little, I always say, I always thought like you could hold the, like, I thought all of my friend's dads, their, like, their honorific was doctor instead of mister. Cause like everyone <laughs> was a doctor. It's like Holly's, um, Holly's neighborhood growing up. Everybody was a, was an officer at Offit. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Colonel. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Colonel. Mm-hmm. So and then i also remember one fun night when you were back in nebraska living at grandma's house and i was back from duke and you and i went out drinking and oh yeah that was crazy night yeah that was crazy Mm -hmm. we went and saw we went and saw the grateful dudes and we but it was like a a a reunification celebration right yeah that was kind of been separated yeah that was nice i remember that that was very cool Mm mm-hmm so it's it kind of because awesome. he had gone to he'd gone to California when I was in high school and then I went to Duke and you know yeah we just, we just separated didn't, ways right well, like I said yeah, email was, was not a thing <laughs> email was not a thing and I wasn't exactly writing letters home so yeah I I, right. I know and I know that phones. that story of Steve kind of yeah but it's interesting to hear your perspective and you know like kind of sorry went off, mom followed his bliss Again. for a bit. <laughs> No, uh, you know, well, just because sorry, you, that was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't great the way I left Virginia. It wasn't great. Hmm. It we left survived, a, and you yeah. did, but it wasn't like I. That makes me sad to think that what you guys had to deal with. So it was mostly that the dog got sick at the same time, Steve. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> right, I mean, Steve's gone, but the dog's sick. You can relate, Joel. I can. <laughs> That's heart wrenching. Steve's well, fine. He's following the dead. Really, I fine. wasn't. I wasn't really much of a presence at the house anyway. So, no. What I meant was like I could have dealt with you not being there. Yes, it was sad, but like you not being there and the dog getting sick and the parents on there. That's like the time yeah. when I went to Ocean City, Maryland, with Al Ward and George Tease, and came back with both a pierced ear and a slightly wrecked car. <laughs> and and mom looked at me and she said, "Because dad was out of town," she's like. Your dad will be able to handle one of those. So the earring came out. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot less expensive than the car fix, right? Uh huh. Yeah, I can take that mm-hmm. right out, Mom. No problem. No problem. We're good. Cool. All right. So, all right, Joel, all, what are your? Yeah. My my my. The standard question of a guest is, "What are your What are your favorite?" I mean, we know we know ours, right? Like, I really am fascinated by what our guests are into as far as mu- musicians, like music that is. You mentioned the Dave Matthews Band. Um, are you like a devoted? Do they no. turn? No, Dave Matthews fan. No, I don't know. Um, no, Brandy Carlisle is my current Ooh, jam. Yeah, mostly Big fans. Just, you know, she, she's just like watching her career, and she's a local woman, and mm-hmm. yeah. Like I love everything that she does, both musically and socially, and yeah. So I, I had a big hope because she she after Chris Cornell died, she did a Soundgarden song and recorded it and put it out. And I thought they should get Soundgarden back together and put her in front. I think that like she's the best. Yeah, but she's got the yeah. twins. She doesn't need no Soundgarden. No, it's true. She's fine. 
She's yeah, fine. but like I had the opportunity to see her play like the closing concert at Paramount Theater of oh, one wow. of her tours, and Mike McCready came out, and that like <laughs> it was amazing to oh, like you know his sure. hometown, like the place just went nuts. Oh, like I'm they sure. shut off the lights, and she sang one of her songs, and it was just like uh, chills went up your back, and yeah. Wait, so the Paramount's so, closed? No, it's open. Okay, but this good. was like the closing show of her tour. Gotcha. That year. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Like now she closes at the Gorge and I right. don't do the Gorge. So, yeah. The Gorge yeah. looks like a big operation. And it's like two and a half hours away and I'm oh, old yeah. and I can't like drive two and a half hours home through the mountains after a concert. Like that's just not going to happen. So I did a drive from Mount Rainier back to Seattle in the dark. And I, I think I left my body a little bit. It's a weird vibe. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not my thing. So, I, so Randy I, Carlisle and Dave Matthews Band, what else? Anything else really stick out? I associate they might be giants with you just because of way back in the day. Yeah, I pretty mm. much know all the lyrics to Flood. I was going to say, um, I, have the, I have the cassette of Flood like right over here somewhere. And speaking of like concerts that I'm kicking myself for missing, besides um, Sir Paul, um, Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. uh they like the they might be giants uh folks were out here and they just did like a whole replay of flood and oh, i man. found out the day before the concert no, no. that was happening so uh, anyway that yeah no fun. and i i mean and then i'm the parent of two children who have control of my spotify account and so like it's great fun getting in the car and just handing them my phone and saying play something for me so what have they what have what are the kids listening to that has blown your mind Oh my God. What was today was like the Macabena or something. Like it's on all the TikTok videos. I'll have to like, you'll totally Is that the Macarena? It. Is that what you said? No, no. Macabena. Like, Dua Lipa is another one. Juke, J-V-K-E. Yeah. No, I mean. Gianna was trying to turn me on to Bad Bunny recently bad bunny bad yeah, bunny no, uh, i, I think that's that a, it's a, a hispanic rapper dude pretty catchy okay you know. makeba by giant um you'll have to look it up makeba yeah um no and yeah 21 21 pilots steve wow. your girls turned us on to that one so yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah the kid, um, that's how more, i that's how, my students introduced my students introduced me to yeah. anything like I, I stay in my like tool Grateful Dead Pearl Jam Lane and whatever else I listen to that's cool it comes from my students I'm like all right what are you listening to you know I turn them on like I have a student who's really into hip hop and I turned them on to like old 90s stuff like a yeah. tribe called Quest and you know all these bands and like he turns me on to cool stuff too so yeah I wouldn't know unless I talk to the youngins um, I will say I've never been a Grateful Dead fan. I know that that's just. Uh, I just accept it. You know, exactly. Yeah, what's it like to have? Well, so you mentioned this, and I think it's maybe we should leave on a on a service note that Libby is going to reach out to my brother Colin, and uh, they're going to start a <laughs> they're going to start a support group for people that are way <laughs> off the deep end of the grateful dead because my brother on a couple of times has not mentioned, only off the deep end but also you know then have a podcast about it right 
Well, it's a, see, you here's know, the like, thing. Yeah. The first step. Maybe is we can to, bring Jack in as like you a. Have, you, know. you have to. You have to want help. I don't want help. Yeah, I don't want help either. <laughs> All I no, want is a listen app and a decent pair of headphones. <laughs> I told that to Gianna the other day. We were talking about. I was kind of joking about, uh, you know, like find a good home for me kind of thing. And she kind of she's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, well, eventually you're gonna put me someplace, you know, if I'm lucky, you know. And she's kind of looking at me. I said, "Really, all I need is an internet connection, and a pair of headphones. That's it, and you know, three three squares a day. It doesn't have to be fancy because everything else is just whatever." Wait, so I, I do have one last thing I want to leave you because the oh. what are you listening to also includes audiobooks. Like I yes. do more yes. book listening. So um, I told Steve this when he was here, but like a book that I think Joel you would also appreciate, and I'm just okay. going to rave about for a second is called okay. "Braiding Sweetgrass." By Robin Kimmerer Wall or Robin Wall Kimmerer. Did you tell me about she, that? Yeah, um, she is a botanist, an indigenous woman, a professor, and her book is the series of essays that like intertwine all of those things. And oh, wow. like, it's like this notion of like, how would the world be different if we experienced our relationship and our obligations to the earth? Mm. Um, in the way that natives experience it. Like what are our, um, how can we experience gratitude and reciprocal giving and responsibility and care of our planet? And it's just beautiful. And I really think you would like it. Thank you. I wrote it down. Yeah. I will check it out. I will get on my audiobook app and. Is it Libby? Because that's. It is. I was going to say, I was like, I don't want to be. I'll <laughs> yeah, it's Libby. I'll get on Libby. And I'll download the book Libby recommended. Yeah. Braiding sweetgrass. It's really excellent. So yeah. Okay, I gotta I gotta do this, Libby, because it just popped in my head. Remember this? No. Libby, nope. Libby, Libby, nope. Libby, Libby, Libby on your table, label, label. You will <laughs> like it, like it, like it on your table, table, table. That Ooh. folks is the commercial jingle for Libby's canned fruits and vegetables that plagued yes. me throughout the late seventies and early eighties. Yes. Were you bullied with that jingle a little bit? The bullying came in the late 80s with Libya and Momar uh, Kaffi. But yes, my name oh, for a while was Momar. No. So, yes. Momar? That's, I will say though, that's some sophisticated bullying. And that takes some like world policy knowledge to go there. It was the late 80s, man. Reagan. Right. I'm so sorry, Libby. Uh, <laughs> well, on that note. Yeah, Libby, exactly. All, all I got was Joel the mole that climbed up the telephone that's that's what they called me and i hated it that's pretty so, i mean i yeah, know i'm just saying you got called more mark gaddafi like that's that's intense nah. kids <laughs> these days right kids. like you know i think that's the difference between the the our generations joel you know yeah. you're just a decade younger well yeah today kids just get cyber bullied until they kill themselves oh god steve and <laughs> well and am, I wrong? Note, am i wrong am i wrong you're not wrong. I had to Libby, go the fam. <laughs> I hope that I hope that uh, whatever's next for you finds you in at the right time at the right vibe, or or maybe you just continue to enjoy fun employment. But it's really cool to have you on, and thank you for listening to every goddamn word we say. That's amazing. That's... I have really enjoyed it. So thanks for having me here. And I look forward to your future guests because I know you'll have more, right? We are. Well, and I, you know, I feel yeah. a little bit remiss that it's taken us two and a half years to get you on, but I feel like it was worth the wait. So, yeah. <laughs> 
All right, I gotta go feed my fam. All right, y'all have a good you. night. Nice to see Bye. you. Bye. Thanks, Bye.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.